Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Welcome back to The The Bride Tribe. We missed you guys so much. Yes. (laughs) Love it. We miss you guys so much. We are so sorry that we have been gone for the past two weeks. Mm -hmm. We had some illnesses and some emergencies that we had to tend to, but we are very excited to be back and to continue in our journey for the brides. For all the brides. Continue in our journey. Um, So last week, Last episode, we talked about um, just kind of like the fundamentals of intimacy, and we took a journey into my personal life, and I just kind of shared, you know, just my intimacy journey just to, you know, show you guys that it's not glitter and gold. It's not roses and butterflies. It's real, and it's hard, and, you know, and it's a reality that a lot of people don't like to admit and are ashamed to admit, and, you know, God had to really work on me to to show me how to operate and be firm in my calling despite what I've gone through or what I came from. And so, you know, it's, it's a blessing to me to be able to share those things with you without shame because mm-hmm. it's no longer of me. It's, it, it no longer has me bound. It has no authority over me. It has no power right. anymore. And so... Um, if I don't share those things and you'll think that it starts off like glitter and gold and it starts out like roses and butterflies, but that's just not a reality. I'm trying to share with you so that you can meet Yeshua where you are, just like I did, just like where he met me at, because he's faithful. Okay. And so, um, and so when I, what, what we left off with was really him teaching us how to be intimate with him by being intimate with ourselves, by loving on ourselves. And that is really the truest foundation of intimacy is to love on yourself. Um, What are the greatest commands? The first great, the first great command is to love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind um, and your body. And the second command is to love your neighbor like you love yourself, but you cannot love anybody until you love yourself. Seriously. I mean, how can I love you if I can't love myself, the person that's the closest to me? You need a blueprint. Yeah. And so if I can't have it within me, I can't give it outside of me. Right. And so true intimacy is that. And, um, you know, I know that I, um, you know, shared a lot about, um, about intimacy and, um, you know, today we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna start out by talking about self love, and what is you know, and what does it mean to love the self? And so, you know, during this this journey of mine growing up, there were many ways that I did that I did not love myself. And so, to talk about how you know how we love ourselves, we have to talk about how we did not love ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, self-love is simply taking action to support your own physical, psychological and spiritual growth. Um, And so what is not self-love? That is everything that goes against that. Everything, the decisions that you make that that are not giving you life, that are defeating, that are um, debilitating, that crush your soul, crush your spirit, that make you hate yourself, um, when you make decisions that are not intentional and you just allow things to be done to yourself based off of the choices that you make. And it really hinders your, your spiritual growth, your psychological growth and your physical growth. And so for me, although I met God in a dark place and I met God, you know, while I was high, I don't encourage that because grace is not always fair, you know, and, and, and he didn't have to find me there. He could have left me right there and I could have been stumbling. And so that was a decision that was killing me, you know, but God is good and he found me there. But I, that, that wasn't, that wasn't respecting my physical. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't loving on my psychological self because drugs can make you lose your mind. And, um, you know, and, and, 
it didn't it didn't aid in my spiritual growth because I was putting something physical before my spiritual. And so uh, not loving on yourself is making choices that are that can destroy you. We don't know the outcome. No, it's very up in the air. It's like um, when you're like living on the edge, but it, mm-hmm. it's it's like a thing that people say. I'm just. I remember I said it one day, and you're like, "No, <laughs> you're like, don't do that." Um, going where the wind blows you. <laughs> You're just going where the wind blows you, you know? Going where the wind blows you. And that's not, like, how can you effectively love yourself if you're literally just blowing? Blowing in the wind. In the wind, you know, and not taking care of, not not thinking out anything and not being intentional about what you're doing with your physical self, with, you know, your psychological self, self your spiritual self. Do you have any examples of moments where you didn't choose self-love? Yes. And it was, I was in this place of almost pleasing people um, Mm. to the point where I would sacrifice my own happiness and my own love to give it because I just wanted to give so much. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize that there's boundaries, you know, there's right. boundaries and there's limits to the amount of love that needs to be given if, especially whenever you're not giving yourself the self-love mm-hmm. first, you know, um, I learned that I would, I have to give the overflow. I can't give my initial supply. <laughs> <laughs> I need my I initial supply. I can't give you my personal supply. I can't give it because <laughs> if, if, that's whenever you start sacrificing everything, the definition of self-love. Mm-hmm. You start sacrificing that. And right. that's not what self-love is all about. Even if you are a type of person that wants to, um, that's like a gift giver, mm-hmm. um, which is fine, but it, is, it has to come from a place of, um, I have everything I want, so I'm going to give you my surplus. Not, yeah. well, it's... I really want this, but I really want them to like me, so I'm right. going to give them this yeah. so they like me. Right. You know, and that's that's people-pleasing. Right. You know, and that's one thing I, I really had to stop doing because some people get spoiled with that. They get spoiled, or not, not even they get or spoiled. Or they take it for granted. They take it for granted, you know. Mm-hmm. They take it for granted. So um, I definitely think that self-love you need to fill up your cup and then give the overflow. Ooh, I like that. I really do. I like that. It's like anytime you're giving more than what your body needs, mm-hmm. what your spirit needs, because right. we need that fullness, right? Yeah. It's like anything less than full is is like imbalance. Right. Right. We're, we still need right. it poured into us. We still like we need to be full in order to give it to someone else effectively. Right. Where it is, um, where it's not resentful in a sense. It's like you ever had more than enough. You know what I'm saying. You ever have a, a pocket full of money and somebody is in need, and you have more than enough, or do you have just the right amount for the ticket? Right, <laughs> right. Say the ticket is ten dollars, and all you got is ten. Right. Are you gonna give them seven? Or are you going to give them three right. of your ten? You won't have access. You won't have a ticket. Exactly. And so, you know, it is what it is. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It is what it is. I can only give you. It's like I can only give you what's not required for me. There we go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the ten is, re- is a requirement. Right. Like I need it to function right. and be Celica. Exactly. If I give you even one of the, the pieces that I need. I'm no longer Celica. I'm no longer Celica. <laughs> yeah. I can't show up as Celica. And it's resentful because it's like, dang, I gave you I gave you a part of me that makes me imbalanced. Right. I like how you said 
um, you know, before you were kind of just blowing in the wind. Mm-hmm. Well, things that blow in the wind are not attached to anything. Right. They're not rooted in anything. They're mm-hmm. not grounded in anything. Mm-hmm. Like that leaf blew off the tree. Right. And so it's going wherever it, wherever it wants to go, but it, it, it it's in a foreign place. Yeah. It's not home. It's not rooted. Like, There's what tree no did it come from? No foundation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, imagine picking up a leaf and trying to figure out what tree it came from. Well, like, what tree do you belong to? Well, Where you come from? Exactly. And so blowing in the wind is not fundamental. It doesn't aid in, in growth. It doesn't give you an identity. It doesn't, right. like, ground you and root you into into anything. Mm-hmm. And so self-love is, is knowing um, who you are. And when you know who you are, you start moving with intention, right? You know, because you're you you have an attachment to the root, exactly, right? Yeah. So I'm getting somewhere with yeah, this, right? Yeah. Okay, so you have an attachment to the root. It's like a child, right? When kids are little and they go play, they only play so far away mm-hmm. from you, right. but they got to keep watching you to make sure you're close, right? Right, because they know that if they go any farther. Or they go into the unknown and they don't see you and you don't see them, then they might end up lost and they start getting afraid. Right. But if they turn around and they see you looking like, uh-huh, go ahead, <laughs> they feel confident. Yes. They feel, you know, they feel confident to explore mm-hmm. because they know that they're grounded. They right. know that their root and their attachment is right it's there mm-hmm. close. And they're saying, okay, go ahead, explore. Right. It's okay. Right. And so they trust. Yeah. They trust that what they're doing is okay. Right. Well, we can't develop this trust without first developing love. Right. Yeah. And so, why is self love important when it comes to an intimate relationship with God? What is it about loving on ourselves that reveals the God in us? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I really think that when you, if you think about this, what where I'm going with this, I am thinking about where I was before I had an intimate relationship with God and mm-hmm. where I am with an intimate relationship, relationship with God and the things that we talk about and the things, the way that I, like, approach him mm-hmm. right before it was at a, a pl- like a place of unsurety you know like since I really since my cut wasn't full I didn't it was almost like um intimidation you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like I don't even know how to have this conversation with you I don't know if I'm even worthy of my prayers being answered you know because I didn't have that self-love for myself mm-hmm. um but once it what once I did have that self love, um, it was just easier to talk to. You know, I knew that I could provide what I what he needed of me in order to get prayers answered or to get closer to where I'm trying to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse my improper grammar. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah, like just having. Loving myself, having that self-love, and talking to God, it's just, it's more like, okay, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I want. And then here he comes. <laughs> well, this mm. is what I need you to do. You mm. know what I'm saying? Right. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm capable. Because you know yourself. Because I know myself, yeah. Mm. You know? That's interesting. Yeah. Before, it's like, I can't do that. Right. You want me to fast? Uh-huh. I can't do that. Yeah. You know? Right. I like food. Right. But you know or, what I'm saying? Like, or you want me to be an entrepreneur? I can't do that. Right. You want me to be a mother? I can't do that. Yeah. You know, do you want me to go and, 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 and help people realize who they are? I can't do that. Right. Yeah. And and when you said that, what, stro- what, what uh, stood out to me was, it's easier for the devil to convince you of who you are when you're a, a leaf blowing in a wind. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier for the devil to tell you who you are when you are blowing in the wind because 
it's like it's like an um in a sense it's like an orphan yeah that doesn't know who her parents are right and so if you're an orphan that doesn't know who your parents are I can tell you anything about yourself mm. I can tell you anything about your mother right or your father right right I can come and say oh yeah they were destructive people mm-hmm. they were evil and you know and that's why you're evil yeah. and that's why you can't mm-hmm. you can't do anything you want to do that's why you're not going to be smart enough because your parents weren't smart right. and so the, the 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 most that you can do really is come on out here and hop on this pole or you can be a scammer you can do all of these things and get what you want and you can finally be accepted right because mm-hmm. it's easier for the devil to take advantage of those who are blowing in the wind. Right. Opposed to those who have found their identity by loving on themselves and found their identity in Christ, um, who are now who now see who they really are. Right. Now they can see, now they can believe who they really are because they know who they're attached to. Yeah. And so um, in the scriptures where it says you are fearfully and wonderfully made mm-hmm. by God because you were made in his image, um, you learn to have self-respect yes. for your body yes. and for your mind and for your soul. And and that self-respect starts curating love for right. yourself in a way that no one can come and shake up. Right. Right. You nope. can't come and shake. You can't no, tell I was me made that in the I'm, image of God. Okay, you can't tell me that I'm not attached to this tree. Right. <laughs> when I'm clearly attached to this tree, I know this tree. The tree know me. I know everything right. about this tree. All my history, all my roots. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that I'm gonna be something that I'm not. Right. Something that I that God didn't tell me exactly. I'm going to be. Like no one can convince you of being anything other than other than who you really are. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And so the intimacy starts to play a part because now that you know who you are, intimacy is about knowing, uh, having a deep knowing in in another person. And so intimacy in a relationship is knowing a person so much and, and trusting a person so much. That is what builds the intimacy between two people. And so... I guess if we never get to this place of having faith in God and get to this place of, of, of believing that he did create us fearfully and wonderfully, mm-hmm. we're never able to truly step into intimacy right. with him. No. If I don't know you and I don't trust you, I'm never going to be intimate with you. Right. I'm not going to tell you my deepest secrets. No. I'm not going to reveal things to you. Mm-mm. And it goes both ways with God. Yeah. Because people don't don't believe it, but God is looking to trust us too. Yep. So if I don't trust you, I'm, never, I'm not going to be open. My heart's not going to be open to you. And so the process of this intimacy is God helping us to love on ourselves and to see ourselves as fearfully and wonderfully made so that he can destroy the lies that the devil told us. Yeah. Right, and start building in us what he and what he purposed our lives for. Yep. And the devil hates that. Oh yeah, he hates love. Yep. He hates love for self, love between other people. Mm-hmm. He hates all of this, right? And so, love is really the only power that he has no power over. Right. And no. what and what is God? God is love. Mm-hmm. The devil has no power over love. And if you take anything away from this podcast today, take that from it. Right. The devil has no power over love. None. None whatsoever. And the 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 devil tries to dispel love by adding fear. And and so the more you love on yourself, the less fearful you become, the more you get to know your identity and the more intimate you become with God, the easier it is for you to tell the devil to flee and tell him that he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Tell him that he's a liar. Exactly. You just exactly. you get that strength, right? Yep. You start building that strength, that muscle like you lying. Yeah. That ain't true. I am going to be married. Right. 
You know, I'm not as bad as you say I am. No, I'm not complicated. I'm unique. Mm-hmm. You start mm-hmm. changing the words like, oh, you too difficult. No, I'm not difficult. I just require a lot. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, you know, you are, you know, you're selfish. No, I'm not selfish. I just have boundaries. Right. You start changing the language. Exactly. Because, see, the language before when you were just blowing in the wind, Mm -hmm. it was meant to be defeating. Right. And so you start taking all those things, those those words that people put in your head over time. Right. And you start changing that narrative because of who you're attached to. Right. Who you're intimate with. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I know last session we talked about my personal testimony. And really quick, I I want people to really get to know you, Princess, and I want them to understand your process with God and what you had to go through to really say, this is where I'm supposed to be. How did God build his trust with you? So the way that God built his his trust with me um, started with, Zaria's journey. I literally had to give him all of, I had to trust him. I couldn't do anything. I was helpless. So Zaria is my daughter. She was diagnosed with stage four Wilms tumor, which is a kidney cancer in young children um, that metastasized to her heart and her lungs. Um, Her oncologist said her tumor grew in two weeks. Um, and I came just in time. Um, I didn't know anything about cancer except what people know about cancer on the surface. Um, but it was ironic to me the moment that I found out, the moment that I found out, the lady at the front desk, she didn't know what I heard. She was just like, can I pray with you? And I was just like, yes, yes. And she prayed, and then, you know, uh, we went on with the next steps to um, to her, to getting my daughter well. But um, at that moment, I think God was just like, like, trust me. He spoke through her to pray for me and, and my daughter, to pray for my daughter, really, but to pray to give me the strength <laughs> um, and also trust him in this process. Um, and she prayed, but, but anyways, um, so yeah, during her whole journey, um, I had to basically give him full reign of being the father, the doctor, everything, everything he had, he had full reign over her. Now, trusting him would not have been as easy if he didn't take me through a spiritual journey a year before. Right. He took me through a whole spiritual journey where prayers were being answered. Um, life was good. I was happy 98% of the time. Everything was just going well. Um, I learned how to talk to him in that year. I learned how to, um, to I learned how to be intimate with him. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like it wasn't it was it was almost it wasn't even like an aha moment. I kind of sailed into it. You know, it was like so prior to that year, maybe a few months before, um that's when I was really confused. I was really confused. Um maybe months so maybe about 3 or 4 months later is whenever I started feeling the effects of trusting him. I feel it, I felt the effects of giving him thanks um, as often as I could, um, and that's when things were going really well for me. Um, but the last month of that year, that's whenever I had to tell the world what you did. Like I was just I was so overjoyed, mm-hmm. and had to tell the world. Um, and I think that's God's ultimate goal is that He wants us to confess and. Um, confess like selfishly selfishly Mm -hmm. um to everyone and let them know like how good he is and how great he is and what he's done yeah um so yeah then the next month is when I got the news about my daughter and so I'm not gonna say it was easy for me initially 
And with that being said, he will bring people in your life to comfort and to let you know that not only is he working, you know, through you, he's working through these people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he sent prayer warriors like Celica. She was one of my prayer warriors, one of the main ones. There was three. She was one of the main ones. There was more like four. One of the prayer warriors, they were a unit. Um, but yeah, she was one of the main ones and would come and pray all the time and just speak tons of life. And that's important too. I do believe that when you do get, whenever you are intimate with God, he will bring people in your life that speak life, you know? Yes. Yes, indeed. I think prior I had a lot of death talk Mm. and not just like, not people like talking death on my daughter or death on my life or anything like that, but it was the the content of the conversation was dead deadly. Defeating. Yes. Yes. And so, um give me an example of what you mean, just one. Of what? What give me an example of a deadly what you, conversation. Yeah, of just like what was what resonated as death talk so people can identify it. So like things that would pretty much put it into your purpose. Yeah. Death talk. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's going to just completely wipe, wipe out God's plan. Mm-hmm. It's like anything that makes you feel like you're not good enough. Right. Like you cannot do something. You cannot achieve it. You can't overcome it. You can't, you know, this this won't be a breakthrough. You'll never buy a house. Right. You don't have the mind to, to start that business. You right. don't have the patience. You don't. All of those things are, you know, essentially their death talk mm-hmm. because it's something that is limiting you. Right. It's true. From your possibilities. It's true. It's true. And not only, you know, not only do friends do it, but family members do it too. Yes. You know, I like my little sister had to call me out. And I guess it's because I, I guess I was just used to her being the little sister, mm-hmm. you know, and not just not knowing how important it is for me as her big sister to speak life into Mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. But she had to, like, lay it out there. Like, you know, you're you're always doing this. This is why I can't tell you things because you're always doubting me and stuff like that. And I'm like, Emma. (laughs) You know, like, for real, I really had to sit back and think, like, how, like, why would I, why am I speaking this death talk to my sister? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I should be speaking life. I should want to see her do bad, do good, which most of the times I am, but it only takes one conversation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. One comment to ruin someone's yeah. dream. To kill somebody's dream. Mm-hmm. And we're meant to be encouraging, you know, in truth, of course. Um, but, you know, we should let certain things be left to God and really exactly. just try to, like, push people toward God. Like, I never thought that you would be into something like that, but anything is possible. Right. Talk to God about it. What did God say? (laughs) You know, you can do anything you put your mind to, and if it's meant for you, you'll be successful in it. That's speaking life into other people. Mm -hmm. And so basically, so these people during your spiritual journey and right before Z got cancer, um, or was this during the times he got cancer that people were were speaking death? Was it before or was it during? It was before. During, God put these blockers on me. Mm. Blinders. Mm. A lot of stuff could not get in because I guess I was just so close to him. Mm-hmm. Um, during her journey, I fasted more than I've ever fasted in my life. Okay. And Faith talk. Yes. And so the messages were clear. His visions were clear. Everything was, like, really clear to me. And I think that he had to protect me as his daughter mm. as well. And as someone that he was, he not, as as someone who was learning him, you know, he had to protect me. Um, that way we can get my daughter well without any complications. And that's exactly what happened. Right. She was well without any complications. Mm. Very, very rare, like. Very rare. And I was able to see this. Princess blessed me. We barely knew each other. 
and I was just some weird chick, okay, <laughs> that like, knew her children's father. Who's at the, uh, front desk? Right. I don't know her. <laughs> I don't know her, but okay. You know, escort I, her up, please. Okay. <laughs> I was just some weird chick that knew her 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 uh, father's um, or her children's father that asked if I can come and pray. And this was, you know, uh, probably about two years into my I'm sold out for God journey. <laughs> and, you know, and God and, and I had been fasting prior to this and I had been praying and um, consecrating prior to this. And I, my spirit was moved to go and pray with her daughter. And I was just so thankful and blessed that she opened her arms to me because <laughs> let me tell you something about baby Z. Baby Z does not like strangers. Okay. <laughs> At all. <laughs> and when baby Z saw me come in, she was like, mama, who this? <laughs> you look who is this? Who like. is that man? <laughs> <So> <laughs> I still remember how she looked up at me. Um, but you know, um, it was the love that God was placing in you mm -hmm. that opened your heart towards me because the spirit is in me too, right? Right. And so instead of blocking me off, your body, your mind, your soul was open to my spirit mm -hmm. because you were tapped in. Right. And if you had not been tapped in, the devil could have easily been like, who is this woman? Right. Who is she? Well, did she used to mess with your man? Did right. you know what I'm saying? All kind of <laughs> All just crazy just, things that you that could have just started way. populating that had nothing to do with what was the what was the, the main right. concern, right? right? And that happens when we are not yielding to self love mm -hmm. and to God's love. Right. And so she blessed me when she opened her doors to me and allowed me really to witness God's power. And, and that was a trust moment for me, too. It was a trust moment for her, and it was a trust moment for me, too. Because when I tell you we prayed and prayed and prayed, we had prayer parties. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. We was just talking about this. I was driving trucks. I would come off the trucks, muddy boots. <laughs> <laughs> muddy boots. I would yes. come off the truck and be like, yo, I'm here. <laughs> all messy and dirty but she just accepted me embraced me with open arms and I was able to see how God moves when people come together and when you know all of their hearts have this you know have their mind all of their hearts are in alignment right with this with this goal mm -hmm. you know with with life yeah with giving yeah. life you have all these hearts in alignment Ooh. with God giving life and oh, that's yes. that's exactly what he did in such a miraculous way. Yes. I mean, we would have to spend a whole podcast to tell y'all everything that happened. Mm -hmm. But long story short, she just believed and she trusted. And, she, and God had molded her um, prior to all this happening so that her trust was strong enough right. to give it all to him. And... I was able to witness just how powerful God can be when we trust him. Right. And that is what built the intimacy, the intimacy even stronger because oh, yeah. when you came out of that, you was like a whole different person. Totally brand new. Like totally brand new. Now having conversations about God is like, oh, that's 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 the homie. That's my man. Like <laughs> we could have we could talk. Right. You know, at first it used to make me nervous. Talking right. about God used to make me so nervous. Because I'm like, I don't know him like that. Yeah. Like I, I know him from the surface, going to church, from what people say mm -hmm. and all that. But I I didn't have any uh you know, there wasn't any anything more than that surface. Right. Now it's been rooted in me. Rooted. Mm-hmm. It ain't going nowhere because these toes is grabbing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it ain't going nowhere. Right. You can't forget those moments, right? Mm -mm. No, never. I mean, never. We, we, on the the final, when Z had her final surgery, we were all fasting. And miraculous things happened that mm. day. We were hungry. Ooh, girl. <laughs> I'm like over there flipping the veggies. <laughs> <laughs> the skillet. Sauteing the veggies. 
Looking I, at them chickens, okay. chicken nuggets, not chicken nuggets, chicken wings that everyone else yeah. getting to eat, but, you know, or like, you know, kids and stuff, but yeah. I it just, was, it was much needed. I couldn't wait for the news. You know, there were, there were two, there were two moments that I remember that we fasted. One of the moments was when she had her surgery mm-hmm. and it was me, princess, and even her child's father, um, who was fasting with us and we didn't even know really until until that last moment but he was until he was like I'm hungry <laughs> but you know the way the surgery happened the doctor that didn't make it and was replaced by another doctor yeah you know the way the tumor just fell off it was just so much and it just it built our 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 trust and mm-hmm. our intimacy with God because we're like Wow, you are able. Like all of these things that happen, no one could have. Ju- it could have just happened by chance. <laughs> no. It happened because we trusted you, right? And you showed us two things: the power of numbers, mm-hmm. the power of multiple people um, believing and having the same goal, right? Um, and trusting in you, and also just your power alone, right? Just the power of of, of your might. And how you are able to to use the doctor's hands and to you know Seriously. and to cancel people cancel people's plans. And right. I mean, we were just we we all saw that you were able. And then the second time was when was we fasted before Z went and got um, tested. Mm-hmm. I think it was to to see if um, if everything was good, if all oh, the tumors yeah. were out, yeah. and everything was clear. Yeah. And I remember that moment, too. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, God, you are truly amazing. And so I was blessed to be a witness. I was just blessed to be a witness because had I not been a witness, my my trust in God wouldn't have had wouldn't have gotten as strong as it did. And so a lot of times when we're talking about God, you know, to people that don't know him. It is really surface. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, and, and I remember not being there and people were like, girl, God is amazing. And I just remember not feeling that. Right. Like, just not feeling intimate. Like, not feeling like I knew that person. Exactly. Right. Because we're talking about intimacy. Right. I really felt like I didn't really know him like that. Right. Like, I don't know why you're so happy and cheesing <laughs> like that. Okay. What, what do you do? Right, right. But. Okay, I never. Well, why haven't I had that experience with him? Because I'm, I'm over waiting. here still contemplating to see if, you know, if if he legit or not. Right. It's like he has to strip you of all that, all the thoughts and everything that we used to have like that. He has to like strip all that along that walk, getting you ready to for the intimacy. You got to be stripped clean. Yeah, you got to you be know? stripped. You know, you got to you got to be stripped, and that's what happens. Um, in that process. So how, how is trust built? Um, how is trust uh, built within this, you know, this theory of marriage with the lamb or marriage with Christ? And the first thing that came to me, princess, was blind sacrifice. Mm. Blind sacrifice. A lot of times in, when, let's just say when you're in love mm-hmm. with somebody, you know, you've gone through that process of trust with them, you you know, and then they tell you something crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to sell the house and we need to move to Florida and I'm going to quit my job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you trust this person. Right. Based off of, you know, the relationship that you have with this person, mm-hmm. um, based off of the history, based off of their character, you know what they're capable of. But at the same time, they just said something crazy. Because this is what God does. He does He does say crazy stuff. But then you respond by remembering what he's done. Right. And so the blind, the, so how trust is built with Yeshua is really blind sacrifice. It's almost like he, he likes to know just how much we love him. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he does that by testing us. And, and so... The blind sacrifice is moving without knowing the outcome based on a revelation or a spiritual awakening. And, you know, and it's true. We cannot be intimate with a person we don't trust. No. Trust is the heart of intimacy. Mm -hmm. The more we trust someone, the closer we let them get to us. 
Yeah. And it goes both ways. The more we trust someone, the closer we let them get to us. The more we trust God, the closer God lets us get to him. Right. And imagine what's, what unfolds when you got a tight relationship with the man that created everything. I mean, just imagine everything that he can do or that he can expose us to or that he can open our hearts toward. There is nothing that is impossible with God. And so when we talked about the child earlier, that child gains courage, right, by knowing that the parent is close and knowing that the parent is always there when they fall. Mm -hmm. If they do something wrong or they're about to go into danger or anything, they trust that the parent is going to make sure that they're going to be okay. Right. And so it gives them the confidence to move forward and to move blindly. Right. Because they know that they got they got backup. Right. They exactly. got secure. They got their bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Big G, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so it 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 gives them security. And um, you know, a big part of the intimacy with God is security. Yeah. Feeling secure. And just like with parents and children, we learn our attachment styles at a very early age. And it is the attachment styles that, that that develops our personality. And for children that have a secure attachment style with their parents, they're usually more confident. They're more outgoing. They're not as fearful. They feel safe reaching out because their, their parents have created that environment of safety. Mm-hmm. And so they feel like that with everybody. And, and they say that the attachment style, like anxious, ambivalent, is more of like when a child falls and the parent didn't come running, mm-hmm. you know, or, um, you know, when they when they look to the parent for safety and the parent didn't respond. And so these types of children typically are more introverted. You know, they're more like secure with self. Right. And they depend on self more than they depend on their uh, caregivers. So these secure and anxious ambivalent attachment styles, really, the devil uses this, right? He yeah, uses, he, he uses this. Because That's his chance. That's why he, he tries to come and scoop them up like, oh, I got you. Right. Like, <laughs> they ain't listening, they ain't paying attention, I got you. Right. Like, let me help you be secure. Right. <laughs> come to the lab. Yeah. And so sometimes it starts early for us. Like on Lion King. <laughs> like the breath scar. <laughs> That's what right. Scar did. That's what Scar did. You know how Scar was like that. Scar tried to like teach him not really teach him how to be evil, but you know, like, oh you're you know, like try to try to act like he was better than his dad. Try to yeah, he tried to trick him. Yeah. And and where did he take him? He took him away from the pride land. Mm-hmm. Right? He took him away from his secure Into area. Some danger. Yeah. Into some danger. That's that's interesting there. Um, Isn't he beyond it? Yeah, the devil starts. <laughs> the devil starts early, but Yeshua intervenes and yeah. uses what the devil intended to destroy you with for your good. Mm-hmm. And even if you didn't start, you know, with a in in a good environment or a secure environment or a safe environment, he becomes the safe environment. Right. And this environment is curated in the trust. That's built with Yeshua. And um, and so marriage with the lamb is a symbolic representation of the joyful, intimate, and eternal fellowship that takes place between Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. And, um, and I love this, you know, because we are secure with Yeshua. And in that security, we literally become his church. And spread the gospel. And we're able to spread the gospel because we've gone through the, this process and this development of this relationship that empowers us to empower others because of how good it feels to be rooted and grounded in self-love and in intimacy with the one who created us. Yes. And so we have to be careful for the psychological warfare that's, that is that is taking place in our relationships and taking place in um, these 
unstable environments because we, we just have to remember that the devil starts early. Mm-hmm. Right. And God wants to start early, but he needs our cooperation. Right. And when you went before you went through this with Z, you cooperated. Right. Not even knowing why you were cooperating right. and what was coming before you, but you cooperated mm-hmm. with God. And because of that, you were able to get ahead of the devil. Right. Imagine, imagine that, you know, that, that time in your life being anything different. Right. Like Ooh. completely away from God. And then you just like, boom, now what? Who do I talk to? Who do I trust in? What do I do? Right. You know, and being how and being that you were so young, that's just like, you know, that's that was a whole other thing too. You you were really young. I think you hadn't even turned thirty yet, right? Or did you were you thirty? Yeah, I had just turned thirty. Just turned thirty. So imagine not having those tools at that age. Right. You know, because he he did the same thing to me. It was like right before I turned thirty. That's when he started like showing up. (laughs) God, leave me alone. (laughs) But that's when he started showing up, you know. But imagine not having those tools right before that time. God can come before the devil. You know, the devil tries to come early, but, you know, God God can come earlier with our cooperation and just our desire to have a more intimate relationship with God. The relationship gets deeper mm-hmm. and it gets deeper and deeper and it's never ending because we can never fully grasp all right. that God is. So we can live this life a thousand years and still not know God <laughs> in his entirety. Princess, tell me in your words, what is self-love? Self-love is watering your own plant, watering yourself so that you grow spiritually, so that you grow mentally, physically, and it means supporting yourself, like Mm -hmm. being your biggest cheerleader and making sure that you get the sunlight that you need to grow Mm -hmm. and things like that. It means loving yourself unconditionally through the good, bad, in the hard times yep. and never giving up on yourself and only giving the excess, the only giving, yeah, only giving the abundance um, and not taking from yourself to give to others. Because at that point, it's, you know, it's no, it's no longer called self-love. Right. Right. Now you're back trying to heal yourself. Now you're trying to fix yourself again. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I see it. And so the reason why we have to talk about self-love is back when I was, you know, in the world and I had no direction and I was just kind of flowing and fleeting, it was because I lacked self-love, you know. And people can say, oh, I have, I love myself, oh, I love myself. You know, there's a lot of people that say they love themselves, but they really don't know themselves. And in order to love yourself, you do have to know yourself. Yes, and we don't yes. mean know yourself like what people told you you are or what people say about you and all that kind of stuff. No, knowing yourself is knowing who you were created to be. Mm-hmm. Knowing why you're here. Knowing what, what your purpose is. Knowing your meaning in this life. And knowing yourself is an ongoing like an ongoing journey. Getting to know you is an ongoing going journey yes. that is only fueled by self-love. And so the more you love on yourself, the more you add to yourself, you will start to come to know more about the the divine uniqueness about who you are and why you're here. You cannot give what you do not possess. And to give love, you must possess love. You cannot teach somebody how to love if you don't understand it. And to, because to teach love, you have to comprehend love. One cannot know what he does not study. So to study love, you must live love, live in love. One cannot appreciate what he does not recognize. To recognize love, you must be receptive to love. One cannot have doubt about about that which he wishes to trust. To trust love, you must be convinced of love. And one cannot admit what he does not yield to. And so to yield to love, you must be vulnerable to love. One cannot love what he does not dedicate himself to. To dedicate yourself to love, you must be forever growing in love. Love is an emotion that is true. 
but it is also a response to an emotion and therefore an active expression of what is felt. Love is not learned by osmosis. It is actually acted out and acted upon. The moral of this episode is that if you want to have an intimate relationship with God, you have to start with loving on self. Mm -hmm. And it may not feel like anything at first, but ultimately an awakening happens. And God meets you in that place where you're seeking him and you're seeking self. Yes. And what you find is beautiful. What you find is like the beginning of who you are meant to be. Mm -hmm. And it gives you so much meaning and direction in life. And because of this love for self and this seeking to have an intimate relationship with God, he starts revealing things to you that no man on this earth can reveal to you. He starts revealing parts of you, the pieces of you that you couldn't put together. I mean, I've been to therapist after therapist, and there were pieces that they just could not give me. God can do that. And therapy is not a bad thing. Therapy helps you ask the right questions to yourself. It helps you go into those dark places that you blocked and it helps you to to work through those things so that love can flow. And so if you have a mental issue or you're dealing with suicidal thoughts or you're feeling defeated or you're feeling depressed, therapy is not a bad thing. But what I'm saying is that therapy alone is not enough. Right. You need God and therapy. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, when therapy has done its has run its course and has did what it needs to do to lift some of that weight off of your mind and all of those things that are locked away in your heart, you know, or just in your emotional body, God continues to restore you Mm -hmm. in ways that no one else on this earth can. And it happens through intimacy and it is ongoing. And so You know, if you are someone that, you know, just needs a couple of, you know, needs pieces to be revealed, those pieces are going to be revealed through God. But if you're having mental breakdowns or thoughts of suicide or anything like that, you do have to get help. It is okay to go and see a therapist and talk to a therapist about that. And also know that God is is with you and he's going to guide you through it. And it's important to establish that relationship with him while you're going through these things so you can have that extra strength. Just remember that all things are possible through God and, um, and it's realized through acts of faith. Yes. And, you know, reading your Bible, seeking God, really getting to know him, but most importantly, listening to your spirit and acting on faith is how you build this relationship with God. Amen. And so we love you guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Yes. Make sure you like and um, subscribe to our podcast so that we can keep in touch with you. And um, if you feel like this is something that your friends or family members can benefit from, then make sure you share this podcast with them. Yes. And we look forward to seeing you guys next time. Was there anything you want to say? P? Thank you. We love you. <laughs> And until next time on Bride Tribe. Bride Tribe. (laughs) See y'all next time. Love you. Oh, and if you want to support our podcast, you can do so by going to um, theafricanrose.org slash bride tribe. If you are a sponsor and interested in sponsoring an episode, you can also reach out to us um, by going to the Africanrose.org. Bam. Be blessed.